Great Podcast on the OKC First Podcast Network. My name is Zach Lucero, and I am the youth and creative pastor here at OKC First. I'm trying to avoid eye contact with John because every time this happens, I start laughing. <laughs> I've just been dodging around my office, and uh, I've already introduced him. Here he is. He's why are you dad. laughing? He's why really, are you laughing? I don't know why I'm laughing, okay? Because these are always ridiculous. <laughs> okay. These are always All just right. the weirdest parts of the Pod show. intro. That's right. Here's John Middendorf. He's hey. right here. Yep. Hello, everybody. Good to see you again in Podland. Is that what we're calling this? Podland? That's, I, yeah. How close is that to TV land? Um, They can't see us. They can't? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's true. This is bad content. Should we John. start over? This is bad content. No, no, no. We're going to keep it all in. Okay. So uh, today on the pod, we have Brenda Hernandez. and She's the best. She's the great. Best. The best. Love them. Yep. Yep. It's really... Really informational pod um, about the Latino community, and you might even learn a little bit of Spanish in there. I did, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. uh, but before we get to that, okay. I just wanted to. I don't. I don't necessarily have a game for you, but I do love um, weird. Would you rather questions? Oh. So we we did try one of these on an earlier pod, uh, the knees and elbows one. Yeah, uh, for those who <laughs> for those. Did who I end remember. up a T Rex? I don't there? know. Yeah, you ended up something. You you look a little weird, but. Uh, <laughs> But we will. Uh, we're going to get into some would you rather's, and uh, I have prepared a few for you. I scoured the internet and I found oh. the ones that I liked the best. Okay. And so, uh, and you know what? I'm just not going to intro this anymore. We're just going to we're just going to jump but right I into it. We're going to prayerfully. Yeah, prayerfully. So uh, if we would all bow our heads and um, <laughs> okay. get ready to bless this meal. And so, John, would you rather have to speak in rhyme for the rest of your life? Or have to speak in riddles for the rest of your life. Rhyme not close. Rhyme not close. Why? Yeah. Why? Um, because I'm more rehearsed in that. I try <laughs> to do that on a fairly regular basis with my children again. And it's another one of my attempts to to uh, annoy them a little bit, I guess. That's true. A rhyme is actually um, a pretty close cousin to a dad joke. So Yeah, it is. So at my house, if I speak up and I say no more rhymes and I mean it, Somebody is going to answer with, anybody want a peanut? <laughs> because, as some of you movie aficionados will mm-hmm. know out there, that is actually a little bit of dialogue from The Princess Bride. Anybody want a peanut? Yep. That's right. It's good. It's a good youth group movie, yep, honestly. Yep. Okay. Would you rather have a slow car or a really, really fast bike? And I'm talking bicycle. What's the weather? Um, we're just going to assume that it's all clear skies every day. Do I have a helmet? Probably for a, for a bike that fast. I would imagine that would be smart. As long as I have elbow pads and a helmet, then I would like to have, um, well, because you don't have knees anymore. Um, wait, 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 wait. You don't have elbows. You answered that you didn't have elbows before. So why would you need elbow pads? I'm a T-Rex. I can't reach the handlebars. (laughs) Just because you don't it have elbows doesn't mean your arms are very short. Very difficult to find a car to fit in as well. That's true. That 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 is real. Thing. So I changed my answer. A car. A car. With but a sunroof. A sunroof. That <laughs> I, I've ridden in a car with you a lot, and I imagine that a slow car would be tough. And I'm talking like <laughs> maybe we we govern that thing to like 25 miles an hour. I'm changing my answer again. That'd be it's tough. a bicycle. I know. We're uh, we're gonna pass on that question. Um, <laughs> Would you rather... How am I doing so far? You're doing great. This is phenomenal. It's good content. Really good content. I asked the kids. Um, Would you rather, speaking of transportation, your only mode of transportation be a donkey or a giraffe? Giraffe. Just, I need you to stop and think about this for a minute, okay? Giraffe would be cool, but wildly um, inefficient and wildly impractical. Listen... If in 2021, I'm going to make the public statement uh, of riding an animal rather than a fossil fuel burning <laughs> or electric car of some kind, the statement I'm going to make is going to be made on a giraffe and not a donkey. That's true. I just uh, I have a lot of questions about where you park that thing. Where do you even like? There's not a lot of seating space on a giraffe to be like to be real. I mean, like I mean, that's not. It's just impractical. Well, I would think. Now, first of all, my apologies to all of you who are offended that I didn't choose to ride on the donkey in deference to, to Jesus, but Fair. I want to be a little bit like Simon Peter, like, let's be careful here. I don't want to, too, I mean, that's that's my guy, hey, Jesus. Hey, uh, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. You know. um, 
but uh, but I think as it has to do with saddling a giraffe, which is <laughs> interestingly in the name of my next children's book. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd have to you would have to configure one. it so that it's like kind of part harness, and you would kind of strap into your riding position on a giraffe. That's fair. But I also would worry a little bit about the knees and ankles of a giraffe because I am a man of some girth. So. <laughs> Right. A man of some girth, also the title of your memoirs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my god. All we do is write book titles around my, here. Not books, true. just book titles. <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a large library of book titles and CDs zero and books. things like that. Zero books and zero albums recorded. <laughs> That's right. we have a, we've started a lot of bands. I actually, yeah. one of my favorite things going around on the internet right now is um, where would a giraffe wear a necktie? Would it be closer to like where the jaw connects or would it be actually where like the neck connects to the body? Before work or after work? Obviously after work. After work. So we're talking like a loose loose tie. Yeah, so it's it's looser and it's lower. But if you're at work, that dude is at the top just over the Adam's apple. Just over the Adam's apple. I'm assuming also a male giraffe because obviously as there you are know, female giraffes. Female giraffes do not have Adam's apples, <laughs> no. nor would they often as, as often wear ties. They ties. might, they might, but probably not as it's often. It's a new day. They could wear whatever they want. They can do anything right? at that point. But, but no. I don't think they have neckties. I know. They don't. Today's not that new. Probably not. I mean, no, no, no. Adam's apples. Adam's apples. I, okay. I didn't mean neckties. I meant ne- Adam's apples. <laughs> neckties exist and Adam's apples exist, but maybe not on a female giraffe. We are right. moving on. Would you rather. Be compelled for the rest of your life to high-five everyone you meet or be compelled to give wedgies to anyone in a green shirt. Not a fan of wedgies. (laughs) (laughs) Giving or receiving. Just really not not a fan of wedgies. I would like... You heard it here first. I'm voting no on wedgies. (laughs) If ever in a position to write legislation, I would probably make it a no wedgie. You would just outlaw wedgies completely. That's probably good. I don't mind high-fiving people. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Let's see. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing along to any song you heard? Sing along. Sing along. It's yeah. less embarrassing. I don't dance. There's I don't dance very much, Zach. I I, there's I not, don't believe that. Well, there's not there's not room for my flips <laughs> very often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, give me a wide berth. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just more comfortable. Um, not Room for My Flips is another one of my, in a series of children's book titles I'm writing. Yeah, I can't wait for you to, to demonstrate a flip on a Sunday morning off the platform. I'm uncomfortable doing it, to be honest with really you. Really? Is it mostly much, in front of people? Is it a stage fright thing? Yeah. Or is it, okay. It is. I'm much more comfortable with cartwheels. You know, being a song's best friend. Mostly cartwheels. You're good at cartwheels. That's fine. Um, okay. No, that's a good answer. Okay. Uh, you mentioned writing legislation. So yeah. here's one. Would you rather be the president of the United States for two terms, eight years, or be a billionaire for a day? President. You'd rather be president. Okay. For I want to talk. Years. This one's a little more serious because I want to talk about this one. So, yeah. like, imagine having a billion dollars for a day. You could have the most efficient day in the world. And fund anything that you wanted to and get it's a true. lot of stuff done. True. Or you could be the president and maybe not get stuff done. It depends on what Congress looks like. And hopefully uh, do the hard work of negotiation, okay. the hard work of collaboration, and hopefully the hard work of legislation that lasts, I think, longer than a billion dollars would go these days. Okay. Um, that's, I mean, and you're right. You can do there's someone who's considering giving us a billion dollars out there. I want you to know that we will do our best with it and we will endow it and that kind of stuff. And and that's right. That would, that would have long, long, long lasting effects. But I think you get more people in on the process of improving life. If you're president for eight years, as opposed to being the one guy, a Bezos style character with, with a billion dollars for just a day. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I truly didn't know how you were going to answer this one. Yeah. But, uh, um, which I guess brings me to my next question: Is this you letting us know that you're running for president in 2024? I do. I am not yet exploring. <laughs> <laughs> 
How's that? No, uh, I do not have an exploratory committee nor any inclination to form said exploratory you, committee. You're very good at the political talk here. That was a very, very diplomatic answer you just gave me, which brings me to my last one. This has nothing to do with what I just said, oh, okay. but I, I just realized I just teased yep. this for, for nothing. But we do have one last one. Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line for anything ever again? Traffic lights green. <laughs> so enjoy going fast. <laughs> but what if? But what if this one's tied to your slow car? I don't know. That, oh you, man, yeah, you'd be going. I guess that would help you. I mean, anything helps at that if point. The, if I have to be in the slow car, right? Because I don't have elbows <laughs> for elbow pads. <laughs> then traffic lights being green at least lessens the the frustration. That's fair. Do we have an intern who will research whether or not female giraffes have Adam's apples? Yes, I think um, I think either Daniel or Emily. Or Emily. I mean, really, any of them could do. We could put them all on it. It might take all of them. Let's put them all on <laughs> it. <laughs> Somebody alert them. No. Oh, Thank my you, gosh. SNU. Money Thank well spent. <laughs> <laughs> your interns what you do today at your internship today well did a little research a little recon did you know that <laughs> female giraffes don't have adam's apples consequently don't as often wear neckties only the best here at okc first uh man this is great i'm i'm really looking forward to everyone hearing the brenda pod uh just real quick i'm going to read you her bio and then we will get right to it Brenda Hernandez graduated from U.S. Grant High School in 1997. She continued her education at Southern Nazarene University, where she graduated with a multi-dis Bachelor of Science degree in 2001, concentrating on the areas of business, mass comm, and Spanish. Brenda is vice president and co-founder of Tango Public Relations. Tango PR is a public relations agency in Oklahoma City dedicated to building relationships and creating marketing solutions relevant to today's growing Hispanic market. Brenda and Jorge are the proud parents of their 13-year-old daughter, Adamari, and their 10-year-old son, Emiliano. Her passion is her family and serving her community. She does this through various organizations, such as YWCA of Oklahoma City, American Red Cross of Central Oklahoma, Cali Dos Cinco, and Historic Capitol Hill, Festival of the Americas, among others. Brenda currently serves on SNU's Board of Trustees, the YWCA of Oklahoma City Board of Directors, Neighborhood Alliance of Central Oklahoma Board, Lyric Theater of Oklahoma Board, Commissioner for the OKC Convention and Visitors Bureau, and OKC MAPS4 Advisory Board Representative at Large. Brenda is a member of Leadership Oklahoma City's Class 34 and was recognized as an achiever under 40 by the journal record in 2015. And Brenda and her family are active members of Oklahoma City First Church of the Nazarene. And with that, Brenda Hernandez. our guest brenda hernandez welcome brenda thank you for having me i we finally got together i know a snowstorm <laughs> came in the way of this podcast among other things the snowpocalypse yeah. so yeah we were we were covered in snow for a straight week there that was wild yeah, yeah we didn't plan on that well, for our sure. houses were, <laughs> or i mean were you outside covered in snow i, I was. don't know that's a <laughs> yeah. strange way to say that that's all i did was yeah. uh, i sat outside i you know what uh, I'm just going to brave this because I have a beard and beards mean that I am protected from cold. Warm. That's I right. am warm all the time. Beards uh, equal warm. Yes. <laughs> beards do equal warmth. Yes. We survived. We, we did, did make it. We, we did make <laughs> it. Yeah. Yes. Brenda, uh, 
man, I love watching you do what you do. And you and Jorge have been dear friends and have been so involved in not only our church, but in our community for such a long, long time. We enjoy having your sister Miriam and your brother Omar here in our church as well. Just a quick question. Which of those two do you like the best, Omar or Miriam? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm the older sibling. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. I love them both. (laughs) I do know that you're involved in a lot. Um, Can you just give us a quick rundown of the different things? Like I know you do tango with with Jorge. You Uh guys are still running the PR agency. Yeah. Can we we explain what tango is for people who don't know? (laughs) Yes. And and first of all, thank you for the opportunity. I mean, I'm – so grateful for the friendship, uh, most of all, and just for that support all these years, um, because in the midst of it all, we're, you know, have so many fires on the table oh, and, and just going at the same time. And you really do need that support yeah. uh, from friends and, and from your church family. So I thank you all very much before no, that. We love uh, you guys and desperately. For, <laughs> and for inviting me to, to chat today. Um, so we started Tango Public Relations about 15, going on to 16 years ago. It's been quite a while. <laughs> and really, it started as something um, from our volunteer work in the community. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been involved with different organizations in the community and serving in in different roles. Uh, But, you know, it was always a wonderful way to connect uh, and meet new friends. And um, and there was always an opportunity to where they would call us and ask for our advice uh, with reaching the Hispanic community and, you know, just how to better understand this community, growing community in Oklahoma City. Uh, And so we kept getting calls and calls and just, uh, you know, asking for advice and uh, recommendations. And uh, and so we really uh, got to a point where we felt, whoa, we're we're investing so much time into giving so much of this advice and, um, you know, which we love to do. Uh, but, you know, we started thinking, well, you know, there seems like there's a, an actual need yeah. uh, in the community, uh, in uh, the business world. You know, there was a lot of translations uh, that they would send our way and we would gladly do them, especially for those organizations that, you know, we were uh, helping and in any way possible. We were always trying to help. Uh, but, you know, I think that with the growth of the community, it got to a point where we saw an opportunity there uh, and other friends that were in the marketing world and PR world, you know, uh, that did this for a living, they actually saw in us, you know, uh, just a way to serve this community, to better serve this community um, with PR services directed to the Hispanic community uh, and marketing services, translation services that a lot of companies were looking for, but they didn't know who to call and who to give these projects to. Uh, And so, yeah, we just started working on Tango Public Relations. We launched it uh, and it was really through relationships that it took off um, because, um, you know, they were looking for someone to take on these events and to put yeah. together some of these events. Uh, and there was just uh, brand new events in the community. Uh, we're going to talk and, about some of those in a minute. Yes, yeah. yes. And and so, yeah, it just really was a passion of our, continues to be a passion of us, of ours to connect our Hispanic community to services, to, um, you know, ways that they can take advantage of these services yeah. uh, in their own language. Um, and it's just a joy to be able to be that bridge between these organizations, these companies that are trying to That's provide these services. That's a great term for what you and Jorge do. Fun fact, Jorge uh, recently voted as having the best man hair in He's the beautiful. entire He is city. a beautiful it's man. incredible. I yeah. do have a man crush yeah. on Jorge. <laughs> Um, He's but wonderful. bridge is the perfect term for what you guys do. <laughs> it's great. I mean, and I've, and I've seen it with my own eyes and we are going to talk about some of those events like the, the festival of the Americas. I want, I want to talk about here in a little bit, but I know that you and Jorge serve beyond tango on different boards and that kind of thing. Just where Brenda is concerned, tell us some of the, the projects that you're working on and maybe tell us about the ones that you're most excited about. Yeah, so there's a lot of organizations that we're a part of, um, and really, 
my involvement with these organizations and just serving my community has been um, out of my volunteer work, first of all. Um, there was a lot of these organizations that I felt a strong connection to. Um, you know, you're talking about the YWCA right. um, that serves our women and um, you're still ba- on the board women. with them? Yes, okay. I'm still serving on the board. Um, and I started as a volunteer and just uh, I actually started painting one of their business centers. <laughs> uh, and that's how I actually got to the shelter. And when I was there, I started asking more questions about, wait a minute, what what goes on here? What yeah. what services do you provide? And when I started learning more, I was very intrigued and started asking, well, wait, I, I need to serve here. I need to let my community know about these services that are much needed, um, that much I know needed. my family could have used those services. Right. Um, and God it would have been just such a blessing to know about these services. You have helped us before. Um, we have sent people your way, and you have helped us. Is that something people can do if they know of someone, a woman yes. who's in need? Can they reach out to us, and can we send those names to you for the yes. YWCA to come alongside? Yes, always. You know, I, I think I, I always tell everyone, you know, there's a lot of different groups that we're a part of, and I'm always happy to give you the information or connect you to those resources because I know that sometimes, whether it's a language issue, whether it's just not having the information, you know, or knowing where to seek the help, um, I am more than happy to direct. So please send them my way. Just just as a reminder to listeners, if you want to just email info at okcfirst.com and just put it in the subject, we'll connect you with Brenda. Absolutely. And you're also helping the mayor with, with, with something. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. I was going to say maps, but I probably (laughs) shouldn't say that. But what are, you were on a commission with the mayor. What was that? Yes. Well, actually, uh, just recently, I was brought on board. I am the representative at large for the MAPS for Advisory Board. That's it. Yes. And so that has just, uh, we have just started meeting this last year, this this year. It's been a little difficult. We started meeting by Zoom. It's all Zooming all over the place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it, we actually had, uh, we've had two in-person meetings. And finally, this last meeting, we were able to all get together, everyone on the advisory board, uh, and meet for the first time in person. Uh, but so it was great. It was wonderful to finally connect. There's something about meeting in person that that is very special uh, but obviously because of you know these uh, concerns and, and COVID protocols we're, we are going back to uh, virtual sure. and 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 I'm happy about that as well uh, but very happy and grateful to the mayor that he thought of me to be uh, the representative at large for this board uh, it is really an incredible opportunity yeah. to represent you know, all of our community and to be that voice on that board um, that is going to give a little bit of a different perspective. Um, I think that in any of the boards that I serve on, I'm always looking at how can I, what, what can I bring to the table? Right. Um, you know, as a woman, as a Latina, as a Southsider, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I just, I'm always looking for those opportunities to be that voice uh, for perhaps those that uh, don't they don't get to hear from. I witnessed this yesterday because you and I serve on the same justice circle committee, and yes. you you did that yesterday. <laughs> you you represented your entire community so very well, and I think oh. we're going to see super benefit because of it. You know, I I think sometimes. We can be a little shy being new to these boards and, yeah. and and it is a little intimidating, I will tell you, because a lot of times I may be the youngest on a board. Right. I may be one of the few women on the board. Right. And then, of course, I'm usually one of the only Latinas on the board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it is a little intimidating to speak up. Um, yeah. But I, I do feel that when I feel that tug, to really to speak up and voice a concern or something that I'm very passionate about, I, I have to. I saw that yesterday <laughs> and too. And so, <laughs> and and I can get emotional at times. That's and, okay. And you were because great because I'm passionate about. I know what I'm talking about, and yeah. it's it hits close to home. So. Uh, another fun fact: uh, Mayor Holt recently mentioned 
second best hair in all of Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, yours or Brenda's? <laughs> no, 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 no. The mayor. Uh, mayor Holt. Oh, he's, oh, he yeah, does have great so hair. So first, first place Wait. went to Jorge. Gotcha, gotcha, Second gotcha, place gotcha. went to Mayor Holt. Oh, yeah. he deserves Third it. place, uh, Ken Hancock, which is strange. Oh, that's weird. Anyhow. Huh. Um, you had to have hair to, to <laughs> enter into that one. Who are the judges? So you, you and Jorge have been, I don't know if you still are, but you've been involved with both the Thunder and the Energy. Do, are you still working with either one of those organizations? You know, we started working with both organizations in the very early stages. Uh, we still do some work with them and, yeah. and definitely love to help support PR in any way things, right? uh, possible. Yes, but we really started working with them uh, when they initially started. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was so great to try to create those early relationships with our Hispanic community right. and trying to create that early fan base of those loyal, yeah. you know, those people that were going to be there from the beginning and they they were just they're going to be Thunder fans and Energy fans. Uh, and we were so excited for the opportunity because these were our Oklahoma City teams. Yeah. And to be able to, you know, have these teams supported by our community, it was just very important and special to us. Uh, and a lot of our community, you know, they they come from other states, a lot of them. Uh, yeah. We have a very young Latino community in Oklahoma City. Uh, we have a lot of the majority is first generation. Uh, we have very few second generation, is but that it's, right? the majority is first generation. Yeah, very young community, and a lot of them, you know, whether they came from, uh, they came from other countries. First of all, from Latin America, uh, but then a lot of them, you know, they like my family. We came from California, and so they have migrated little by little to Oklahoma, um, and so you have a lot of these families who they're. Teams may have been uh, the Lakers. Right. I'm still a Lakers fan, <laughs> but now I'm a Thunder fan. So, but a lot of them, you know, they had those other teams that they were cheering for. And of course, uh, that's with basketball. And then with soccer, you had those teams from back home, right. whether it was the Chivas or the Aguilas, you know, that they were so passionate about with their soccer teams. Uh, so it's been just. And they turn out to watch the energy. Yes, they turn out. And, you know, we've been working on really creating that fan base and yeah. just that that you know energy <laughs> speaking yeah. of the energy to to just to to help them to really embrace the team and yeah. to know that hey this is your team here we know you have your home teams and we know and it's different soccer i will tell you it's different soccer yeah. and uh but you know little by little i see that it's growing that fan base is growing yeah. uh and i think they they are starting to see a a big connection to it. I think a big part of it is because of how involved uh, the energy is in the community. I mean, yeah. especially with fields and futures and they're just doing so much for our public schools. And I think that's where a lot of our community, they real they're seeing that connection. I hope they see that connection where they're building all these, you know, fields and renovating the soccer fields and, um, and they're giving so much back. So yeah, it, yeah it's the last growing. Year that, that fan base is growing. The last year that Taylor played club soccer was the year that the energy, uh, really kind of took on the Oklahoma football club as sort of a developmental like strategy. So their colors went from whatever they were to all energy colors the last year she was playing club. So that was, that was neat to see them reach into the youth ranks um, to try to make a, make a difference. Yes. And they, they do so much, but yeah. yes, it was a, it was a great joy and it is a great joy working with them. Every opportunity we get. Okay. We've mentioned a couple of times the Latino or Hispanic community. Uh -huh. What's the term that you prefer? Which of those is the correct term? <laughs> that is a really good question. <laughs> you know what? The, these are terms that really we use back and forth. Okay. We use Hispanic, Latino. I actually, I, I like both. Uh, you know, I Latino, I, I use it for, I guess, in certain occasions. And then I go back to Hispanic. Those, they're not wrong. They're really okay. not wrong. Either one works. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and at least for myself and, and you, the majority of the Latinos, I think, identify with Hispanic and Latino. Okay. Um, uh, there is a newer term and you may have heard of it, you know, Latinx. Yep. Um, and, and there are a lot of Latinos that uh, I will say more of the younger 
um, Latinos that identify themselves with that. Um, what does I, that mean, the X part? You know, uh, the X part, a lot of them, it came about because a lot of them didn't identify themselves with either Latino or Latina as in, you know, female or male, okay. let's say. And so that's where that term came from. Uh, but I think that uh, there is still a pretty big consensus that the majority still identify themselves with Latino and Latina okay. uh, and Hispanic. Um, I really, you know, for me, I I prefer the, the other, you know, Latino and Latina and, and uh you know, definitely, I always tell the the younger kids, you know, I'm like, hey, if that's what you want to be called, that, you know, hey, that's okay. I, I respect that, you know, and, and I love that that's, that's how they want to be identified, right. you know. Uh, but I do know that there is still a lot of the Latinos that prefer uh, more of the Latina, Latino, Latinos, because <laughs> yeah. it does identify all of us. Um, and right. so in one way or another. Um, and so the majority still continues to use and those yet, terms. And yet we're going to use this one term to describe this entire. <laughs> and it's so diverse. That's right. I was going to ask you, <laughs> can you tell us, are there within this larger umbrella of Latino community? Yes. Tell us the, the different the different groups that have a unique character and culture within that larger umbrella. Yes. Well, and you know, I say I prefer to be called Latina and, you know, included in that Latinos group, Hispanic, but I love being called Mexicana, Mexican, mm. <laughs> Mexican-American. You know, I love it because I'm very proud of where I'm from, where my parents are from, uh, from Mexico, uh, Zacatecas, Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I love it. I love, you know, speaking about the Mexican culture. Um, but in Oklahoma City, we have a very diverse cultural yeah. uh, a, a culture of Latinos. So you have... Mexicans, but then you also have a growing Guatemalan community. Right. You have a Salvadoran, Panamanian, and you have Colombian. I mean, it's very diverse uh, within itself. So one of the things that we have enjoyed doing through Tango has been really educating the larger community on that fact right, right there, that we love promoting our Latino culture, but then we love getting a little more into, let me show you what we mean when we say Latinos. We're not just talking about Mexicans. We're talking about the Guatemalan culture, the yeah. Colombians, they, it, and it's been a joy to see how our community has responded and where all of a sudden they're thinking, hey, wait a minute. Oh, okay, wait. I didn't know we had, you know, a growing Colombian community. We didn't know we had a, a, a growing Guatemalan community, uh, which all of these different groups, you know, they're they're growing businesses. There's now two restaurants, two Guatemalan restaurants that are pretty famous. There's there's others, but those two are pretty famous. Which uh, ones? Uh, Cafe Cacao. Yeah. That one, I think Hello, a lot mate. of people. <laughs> yes. They they've done a great job with marketing and just really being able to reach uh, a very um, large Recently audience, English speaking the best audience. In town, right? Yes, and so they've done such a great job with marketing themselves. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of the ways that they've been able to reach just a larger audience. Yeah. Uh, and so you have, yeah, people experiencing a whole different uh, Café Antigua. Right. It's also on Classen. Yes. Right. Also and you really know, good. one neat uh, fact there that you may not know, they're actually family. Really? I, yes. I have wondered because they're very similar, like layout, like similar menus. menus. Like, yes. yeah, it's crazy. I, I thought yeah. they were related somehow. Yeah. I just wasn't sure how. No, it, it was an interesting fact for me. And, and, you know, to know that the daughter of one of the owners is married to the son of one of the other owners. So it's, <laughs> but they're all family and they get along great. Obviously they share ideas, but, but they, they are always, you know, very proud to say, Hey, but we have our unique ideas and we kind of keep our, <laughs> but they both have slam and breakfast. It's yeah. Really oh good. yes, they do. Yes. They very do. good. Food. Yes. <laughs> is there a Colombian uh, restaurant? Yeah. There yeah. is, you have to go or we have to take you. We have to, it's called El Fogón de Edgar and it's in, South Oklahoma City, they they had a location on the north side, but I think that's the one that moved south. Okay. Excellent, authentic Colombian food. We love the empanadas and just uh, 
Delicious, delicious. Um, In a heartbeat, I would go. (laughs) It is so good. From here. We love it. You know, we love it. The food is great. And, you know, they... It's been great even for us as Mexicans, you know, as part of that Latino culture, we are learning a lot by supporting one another. You know, we love to send people their ways and they've been supportive to a lot of events that we've had. Uh, But we love including them and just offering that additional, you know, uh, door to the cuisine, you know, the Latin cuisine, how it's very diverse and the Salvadorian, you know, we have the pupusas, mm-hmm. which there is a Salvadorian restaurant. Um, there's actually a, a couple, or if not more than that already. Uh, but they make the traditional pupusas, and you have to try those too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just there, there's a lot. There's a growing community, especially uh, within small business owners. Uh, you are seeing that growth in Oklahoma City. Before our friends from Luzi Vida, which was a, a- – Hispanic congregation uh-huh. here before they launched and went to their own spot, they would kind of bunk in here with us as one of our congregations in this neighborhood of churches. And every year there, there would be this, this day that they would invite us in to eat. And they had several different countries represented in their congregation. And so we would have Salvadoran food. Then we would have Colombian oh, food and then Mexican food. And <laughs> oh man, delicious. Eat until I was sick. I miss those days. <laughs> so oh, we would love we'll have to, to make some more we'll have yeah to do let's that. go do that now <laughs> yes give us an idea of the challenges by the way as we talk a little bit of shop do a little bit of business here i need to talk with you and jorge about how we can get this act now initiative which is a sort of a community listening initiative uh, this time this conversation has to do with community policing but would love to get inside of each one of those communities to hear their unique perspectives on policing. Mm-hmm. So I don't yes. know if this stays in the pod, but we'll, but I want to talk to you about that, that at some point. Sure. No. And, and that I know we're going to talk a little bit about how possibly the church can help the community. And so definitely we can, we can talk some more on that, but okay. I think it is very important. It's a very important issue and definitely one that, needs a little bit more attention. Um, And I think that, you know, with everything that's going on right now, it it has been a topic right there, you know, of importance in the Latino community uh, where we need to hear those voices. We need, they need to be a part of the conversation. Um, And I think that hopefully out of all of this, we will have some resolutions uh, or some processes that will improve uh, because it is much needed. Um, there's a lot of our people that are in there that, uh, you know, I, I would really hope that the community can understand the reasoning uh, of why a lot of the the community um, has ended up in incarceration, you know, and uh, is, there's just very different um, reasons yeah. why they're in there. Um, and so I uh, would love for our community's voice to be heard a little bit more. We can do that. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Yeah. So I don't want to be guilty of treating each one of those communities in a monolithic sort of way. They're not Mm -hmm. all the same. Mm -hmm. But I do want to ask this question, and then I'll leave it to you to tell me what the different challenges are for each community if you want to. Mm -hmm. But our audience may not be aware of the biggest challenges facing the members of the Latino community Mm -hmm. in the Oklahoma City greater metropolitan area. If I were to Mm -hmm. ask you, give me the two Mm-hmm. Biggest challenges, and, and I have another category here later. It's DACA, mm-hmm. so we'll get to that. But mm-hmm. what are the two biggest challenges facing people in the Latino community right now? Sure, um, as I mentioned, our Latino community in Oklahoma City—it's a very young community. Uh, many are immigrants uh, from other countries. First generation. Uh, first generation. Yes, their language is still first. Spanish is their only language for many of them. Uh, there are there is a growing number that is now fluent and bilingual, you know, and those are now our second generation, which are our children. They're a little bit more of. Uh, you know, they're all bilingual and, you know, m- much more English speakers um, that you have there. Um, but, you know, I being the daughter of immigrants, um, I think that when my parents came to this country, just like 
all of these other immigrants that have come to this country, they are looking for a better life, um, better education for their children, uh, work opportunities, um, and, you know, health care. They're hoping for better health care. Um, and so I think that those things there, um, those areas are what our community is struggling with um, because, you know, I hear this term and I heard it the other day where it was an, an education conversation and it was talking about our kids and, you know, trying to help them and do better in school. Uh, but I heard a phrase, a comment being told about um, if they are not healthy, if they are not well, how do we expect them to be learning? Yeah. And our Oklahoma City Public Schools, the majority are Latinos. Um, I got right? the percentage the other day, and it's very close, if not actually over 60%. Really? Latinos. Yes, Latino student body. And so that right there, you know, it really it, it resonated with me. And I, and I thought, exactly, yes. You know, uh, there, w there's a lot of things that are happening in the household, um, you know, and and we have to deal with a lot of that um, before we can get to the other part of, you know, teaching them and, and you know, if we really want to help these kids and these families. Um, so I think that uh, right now what I'm seeing, a lot of our community, um, the majority of our community is uninsured. And so what ends up happening there is a lot of them, they wait until it's an emergency. Yeah. They wait until, you know, gosh, there's no other choice but to go to the ER. The majority are going to the ER. There's not a lot of preventive care. Um, and so that is hitting, it's, it's hitting our community hard. And we saw that, you know, with this last year with COVID. And, yeah. you know, and we share a lot of similarities with our African-American brothers and sisters uh, where, you know, uninsured and we don't take care of ourselves the way that we should uh, because the insurance is not there. You know, it's expensive. Um, for a lot of these immigrant families, you know, the cost of insurance is just not not affordable. It's yeah. definitely not affordable. Um, so that is a big part of it. And so you have, we have, gosh, our women um, are suffering a lot of cardiovascular diseases. We're among the top, uh, our Hispanic women. And so all of these different areas, diabetes, you name it, yeah. high blood pressure. I mean, we're right up there, you know, yeah. and I always tell our community, those are not the list that we want to be at the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are not. And um, and it's hard because some, some of it is our diet. Uh, a lot of it is our diet, um, but a lot of it is our lack of maybe exercise. Um, but then, of course, it's our health care. It's we're just not we don't know about these things ahead of time. So we don't know that how serious it is until, unfortunately, it's too late. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part. Um, and, of course, education is a big one as well. Um, you know, with the majority of our community being immigrant and their first language being Spanish, um, I know I went through it. You know, fortunately, my kids didn't go through that, but I know Spanish was my first language when I went into school. Um, and my Dad and my mom, they spoke Spanish. That's all they spoke. And they worked very hard, so they didn't have time to give me that support necessarily at home when I came home with homework. or. Uh, but even if they were home or, you know, they didn't speak English. And so it was so difficult just to get through these classes and, and to get through school period. Yeah. Um, so there's, there was a lot of obstacles and, and I just, I always say by the grace of God, <laughs> I yeah. made it and I graduated from high school. I was the the first one in my family to graduate from high school. Uh, but it was not easy. And, you know, those are obstacles that I know that our kids in our public schools are facing in our overall community that, um, first-generation Latinos, they're facing a lot of those struggles okay. uh, where literacy, you know, and yeah. just, you know, a lot of times, you know, that with my kids, I finally got to see some Dr. Seuss books. Like, I had not heard of Dr. Seuss. So, <laughs> you know, I, I was actually born in California, but I was raised my early years in Mexico. Okay. So I went to school in Mexico until I was two years old. Um, so that's why I had not heard of Dr. Seuss. I didn't get those early years. You know, we then immigrated to 
the States, you know, and, and moved to California, back to California. Um, and I went to school there. Um, but, but I know that again, a lot of our community, the kids, um, Spanish is their first language. Um, and so it's getting exposed to all of this new literature in English and, and kind of learning all of that. Okay. Let me catch up. It's a catch up game, you know, where now I'm learning a whole new language, which is, a great thing. It's a great thing, though. You know, I always tell our kids, it's good. It's, it's a great advantage to be bilingual. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, but, of course, when you look at it from that stage of, you know, those early years, before they grasp that English language, that is a struggle, you sure. know, where that literacy and the testing, when the testing, com- the testing comes up for these kids, you know, are they really doing their best if maybe they don't understand a word or two? You know, I yeah. know that was the case with me. I wasn't the best tester, um, you know, and and so those are some of the struggles. Um, I'd say our small businesses are also struggling, um, especially we have a large growing group of large um, of yeah. small businesses yeah. uh, within our Latino community. Yeah. Uh, and I think they they're struggling, especially uh, we have a lot of blue collar, you know, jobs um, that are Latino community um holds and and works and so this last year was hard yeah it was really really hard um but that's an area there as well where um you know resources for our small businesses and them just really trying to make it yeah and you know they work hard and and a lot of times they don't know more of that uh, planning part the financial part of it the structure of the business you know that also is very important um There's a lot of need there as well. So I'm going to ask you in a little bit, what what can the church do to help? I've heard you say uh, health insurance and medical needs. I've heard you say education, literacy Mm -hmm. needs, and Mm -hmm. then business education, um, small business needs. All of that happens um, against the larger discussion about immigration. And we've come through a season Mm -hmm. in which that's been – at times a, a, a hateful and painful discussion. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you and Jorge experience that discussion, how you talk about it with your precious kids. And then, and then what, what folks probably don't get when they have this discussion, what do they not understand about the immigration argument? Yes. You know, I think it has been a very difficult four years, if not longer than that. But recently, obviously, it it has been a very uh, touchy and very sensitive discussion. Um, And it's hard. It's very difficult. And I I will tell you, it's even more difficult in Oklahoma because we know that there are a lot of people here that are still very much, um, I don't want to say against the immigration you know, the the immigrant community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at times it has felt like that, you know, where they don't want them here. <laughs> they don't want us here because I consider myself, you know, I'm the daughter of immigrants and my right. parents uh, brought us to this country, you know. Right. Um, and I, you know, for me, it has become more and more important for me to speak up about my past and about you know, how my parents were immigrants. And now the contrib- the positive contributions that they have made, you know, my dad is a small business owner. Yeah. He is in the construction industry. Um, and how, you know, his children are now contributing to uh, our city and, and, you know, whether it's in the business world, you know, economically, or whether it's, you know, Socially, I mean, we we are helping in all of these different organizations that are not just helping our Latino community. These are organizations that are helping our larger community. Um, And I love that. I'm proud of that. And so I have found it a little bit more and more important for me to speak up. Um, And again, just really help people to understand that there are people here um, that want the majority of our immigrant community is here to contribute to this country. They want to make positive, they are making positive contributions to this country. And that's what I want them to understand um, that no, it's not about taking anything 
It's about working hard. And I tell you from our experience, our family's experience, it's about working hard and earning these opportunities that have been given to us. Um, and then for us, for me especially, I feel that, you know, there's been so many great people that I have come across in my lifetime and that have done so much for me, sacrificed so much, you know, beginning with my parents, uh, but also community leaders here that are not all Latinos. There was a lot of community leaders that, you know, um, extended that hand to me, whether it was teachers in my high school, you know, and, and that really extended that hand to me and believed in me, you know, that make made such a difference. That made such a difference. And so for me, I owe it to all of them. And I see it as, okay, I have to look for ways to give back because there's way too many people that have believed in me and that have done so much for me. Mm -hmm. So I have to give back. And I will tell our community that that is, I want to say, the way many of our immigrant community, you know, how they feel. They yeah. want to give back. They they don't know what to do. You know, they're trying to work hard and they're faithful to their employers. I mean, they are just wanting to show them how grateful they are for the opportunity to be here. Yeah. So as a part of that conversation, we have DACA. Mm-hmm. Now we have that has become one of those words, kind of. Mm-hmm. Though I know it's an it's an acronym, mm-hmm. but that you hear a lot, but you may not understand. Would you give people like a thirty? First of all, give us like a thirty second primer. Here's what that is. But yeah. then I'm curious as to what what do you and uh, probably you and Jorge, uh, uh-huh. what do you guys think ought to happen? Sure. So that. That has been, gosh, such an important conversation that needs immediate action, you know, with these kids. Um, the DACA recipients, so these are kids that were brought here at a very young age right. um, that were undocumented. Um, they were brought here with their families. And I was fortunate enough to have been born in California. These kids were not fortunate enough to have been born in the States. They were right. brought here very young age. And obviously... This was not their decision, you know, although they are very grateful that they were brought to this country. uh, But they were brought here as children and now grew up in this country, went to school here. You know, this is their home. They have been raised here since, you know, elementary, middle school. So they have grown up here. And many of them, you know, they they have gotten to a point where all of a sudden they realize Oh wow! I I'm. They don't even realize this is not their home, home. official mm-hmm. home. Let's say they didn't even realize they were undocumented. Many of them are excelling, and if the majority, and they are valedictorians. You know, they are top of their class, and and all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, we're undocumented, and so these are those children that have been given temporary permission to be in this country. Uh, they, you know, they have been allowed to work through this program, through the DACA program. Um, but it's temporary. It's yeah. not a permanent solution. Right. And so I know they were very grateful to have been given this opportunity to, to stay here legally, right. <laughs> uh, even if it's temporary. Um, but these children are now, given the opportunity to continue with their education, to get jobs, to become teachers. They are they are taking up roles in our community that would otherwise, you know, not not they would not be filled. And these people, they are just incredible at what they do. I mean, we have and they're filling jobs that, you know, one of the areas would be teachers. I know a lot of them that are in our teacher roles and we are in need of bilingual teachers specifically because of our large student body that is Latino. Um, So these students, these DACA recipients, you know, a lot of them are doctors. They're in the health care system and they're doing such a great job and, and they have helped so much during this last year. They are making such significant contributions to this country. And to think that they only have temporary permission to be here and that they could at any time <laughs> be sent back to wherever their parents are from because they... Though they've never lived there. They've never lived there. 
They were children. They don't know the language. They don't know the language. They don't know really anything about that country, you know, and it could be Mexico. It could be uh, Peru. It could be a lot of different places. And they don't know those places. They don't have, and a lot of them, they may not even have any close family there anymore. Um, So it is very much a group that is doing a lot for this country that they deserve that opportunity to continue to live in this country. They've they've already proved themselves. They really have. They're way past that point. You know, they are serving in roles that otherwise would not be filled. And I just feel that it's it's a conversation that people sometimes they don't realize how many of them are their neighbors, yeah. how many of them are their coworkers, yeah. I would say. Their kids' teachers. Yes. And if they only realize the 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 loss that it would be to this country. I think that's the focus more than anything for, for those that still are hesitant about helping these kids. You need to think about of what it's going to mean yeah. if we lose these kids. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, think about that. And there's in many ways financially, you know, gosh, uh, think about the economic impact that it would mean to this country to lose such a strong workforce. Yeah. These people that are making significant contributions and they serve in many capacities. They're giving back. They're volunteering. <laughs> you know, in addition to educating themselves, they're productive citizens of this country. Yeah. And that's what this country is about. Absolutely. Those are the people we need to have in this country to continue yeah. to grow and prosper this country. Well, Zach, take us through that was beautiful, by the way. Very helpful. Um we're gonna let's let's move to hope and then the the part that all America just aches for is rapid fire and Mexico questions. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's very uh, popular in Mexico too. But Brenda, we well, for one, we really appreciate you being here yeah. and, and educating us and and inspiring us, frankly, um, uh, to get more involved and to pay more attention. And um, that sort of brings me to this: uh, our last question that we usually ask before rapid fire is uh, hope. Where do you see hope? Um, and probably specifically in this conversation, where do you see hope in the Latino community? You know, I see hope. You know, we just talked about DACA, and I see hope in a lot of our young children. I see hope in my children. I see hope in that they are living in a different world, in a very diverse world where they are a little bit more tolerant, they're a little bit more accepting. And I just hope that. They take that with them to the workforce through, you know, all areas of their life and that we can live in that world that is a little bit more embracing and a little bit more kind to one another. Um, and and I will be honest, I, I see hope in people like you all, <laughs> people in this church, because I it's been a tough four years, I will say, and you do get discouraged. You do get discouraged where, you know, people that maybe don't look like you, um, that are not a part of your culture or even a little brown or, you know, black or that are not different. Um, you know, they sometimes have been a little harsh and I think that it's, it's tough to have hope sometimes, um, in that things are going to change for the better because there you start hearing a lot of that negative negativity and that hate that's happening in our world uh, but i I am so grateful that I have been around <laughs> people in our church, friends that you know care enough to show others that they that they love them um and that they they understand and that they're gonna be um there to help and there to support. Because we we need those people um, to show us that, hey, not all of them are the same. (laughs) Not all those people that are saying those hateful things. uh, Not everyone is the same. And and I know that's what I tell to my close friends, you know, uh, that are part of our Latino culture and and that sometimes get very discouraged. Our immigrant community, uh, a lot of the people that are just facing some really hard times uh, where they just don't see don't see a light at the end of that tunnel, dark tunnel. Um, And I like to tell them, you know, whether it's with 
law enforcement, public safety, whether it's, you know, in our schools, a lot of times it's discouraging. It really is. You know, we see the numbers and, and it is very discouraging. But I tell them, you know, there are people that I have seen that truly care. There are. And so you need to know that there is that hope in that they do not all think the same. <laughs> and there are those people that want to help and we need to let them help. We need to work with them. We need to find ways to work together instead of just, you know, creating that wall and, and not wanting to work with other groups that are unlike ours. Um, and so I, I find hope in that. I've watched this happen. I've watched Brenda and Jorge and Miriam speak synergy into existence. I mean, they just are those kinds of people and it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch and I've been glad to be a part of it. And now we shall subject her to rapid fire oh, questions. Oh no. <laughs> have you listened to our podcast before? I, uh, I have, okay. but I don't know. I'm, I'm, That's why she's I'm nervous. We're to, the, we're to the rapid fire oh my, part oh my where anything can happen. Uh, we have not prepped you at all for any of these questions. Will you please okay. confirm that? And, Whatever no, language you want I, to confirm it. Disclaimer, I have um, not been prepared. <laughs> sweet. Okay, so uh, per huge, as the kids say, uh, we will start with Sir Jonathan Middendorf. And, and everybody uh, wants to know the answer to this question. Jorge and Brenda go out for their favorite authentic Mexican food. Where do they go? Oh, my goodness. Well, we go for tacos. Okay. <laughs> we go to our favorite taqueria. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I'm... I don't want to get in trouble because there's so many you that can name two. we love. But you know what? I will tell you. There isn't the one of the original taquerias in in Oklahoma was taqueria Taco San Pedro. So that's one of the first ones that originated in Oklahoma City. Okay. So I will say the Taco San Pedro. <laughs> Taco San Pedro. Yes. Uh, but and where are they located? Gosh, Southwest Forty Fourth. Okay. Southwest 44th. But there's a lot of great spots. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Um, But definitely south south of the river. You got to go south 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 of the river. river. (laughs) Jorge's taken me to a couple of those places. And it might have been uh, San Pedro, but uh, there is some fantastic authentic food. Yes. It's good stuff. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay. So let's say I don't speak any Spanish. Oh, no. What is a helpful phrase for me to know in Spanish? Easy one. Oh gosh. Well, of course, gracias, muchas gracias, okay. and <laughs> that's that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an easy one, you know. Um, but you know what? I I really think it's that hospitality that I that I love. It's con permiso. Con permiso is excuse me. Okay. And the reason I mention that is a lot of you know are. are Sometimes our younger kids, they're they're losing a little bit of this where, you know, they go into a space and they they don't say, excuse me, or they don't even greet a greeting. Get the greetings down and you are golden. You know, okay. buenas tardes, buenas noches, you know, and excuse me. And, and it's golden, uh, but say hello. It's yeah. that interaction because there's a lot of people that they walk into a room and they don't even say hi. And... I know in my family, I mean, you, you say hi, you introduce yourself, you say, so those key introduction phrases, they're important. I do, I I don't, I do not speak Spanish. I do know one (laughs) phrase in Spanish. Can I hit you with it? It's not useful at all. Oh man. Uh, It's, uh, hold on, let me remember. Mi ombligo está quemando. Oh boy! Means, uh, I think <laughs> my means belly my belly button, button is burning is or something fire? or on fire or something. I learned that a long time ago from somebody. I I flunked Spanish, but I learned that. So you're welcome. Uh, what a beautiful gesture you just made to was, the uh, entire yeah. Latino community. That's right. You're welcome, friends. So his belly it. button is on fire. Hey, that's right. you know what? There you go. He, I don't know. I knew that would come he in ate handy some someday. Spice Somewhere my wife is some just salsa. I don't know. <laughs> she Somewhere. just rolled her eyes so yeah. far back in her head she concussed herself. That's right, because right she hates every second of this. <laughs> keep, keep going. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Um, what song is on your whatever mode of listening to music that you prefer? Like, what's the last song you listen to? You know, I I listen to so many songs, but I love Stevie Wonder. 
Oh, did you right. know that? No, love that. Me too. I love Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Are you so. very superstitious too? Uh, just a <laughs> yeah. little stitch. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just slightly stitch. But I love musicals as well. And so, but it's funny because I go from English to Spanish music in a heartbeat. Wow. And so my music, yeah, I could be listening to a ranchera song. Yeah. A real traditional music song. And then I switch it to Stevie Wonder. Mm. You know, it's. It's fantastic. So I I live in this multilingual bilingual world. So it's wonderful. Okay, let's say you need a self care day. How do uh-huh. you treat yourself or treat yourself? Coffee. <laughs> yes, I treat myself with some coffee, and you know I I love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I love the outdoors and our dog. Chewy, I love spending some time with our dog. And it's been just very therapeutic, I would say, where Mm -hmm. just being outdoors with my kids. And I think a lot of that has been this last year and, you know, year or so where that appreciation for being outdoors. I love being outdoors. I love having that time because I don't have that time a lot to just go outdoors and enjoy a good cup of coffee, you know, uh, and just enjoy some time appreciating, you know, my family, my kids, our dog. And sometimes it's funny because I think he, I walk him. No, he walks us because we need the exercise. And so, and, you know, we need to do it a lot more often, but, uh, but yeah, a self care is just really taking that time to appreciate life. And maybe it's reading a book as well, reading a little bit. Uh, I don't get a lot of downtime. So I love just going to a coffee shop. They're my favorite places. And I love just the family own small coffee shops yeah for sure those are my favorite (laughs) we're gonna get you out of here on this one so this is uh one we've asked everybody let's say for some reason you come into a huge amount of money so much money that you think you know what it makes sense for me to buy a boat a yacht actually a yacht (laughs) we ask everybody what would you name your yacht oh boy my yacht oh Ah, I don't know. I don't know. What would I? Uh, it'd be. It sure would be nice to have one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got me there. She's I just so shocked that she owns it. a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, wow, you have okay, a yacht. Yeah. I gosh. I don't know what I would name it. I know I would invite all the family and it's okay. You can name it Adamari. <laughs> and I would invite all my friends and <laughs> name it after your kids. Adamari would love after, to. Yeah, would love to be yeah, the yacht. Oh yeah, she'd be yeah. all over it. Maybe she the would. the Hernandez. Campos jet. (laughs) I'll name it after my family. Yeah. That feels right. That feels right. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for stopping in. We super appreciate it. This is always a fun time. And seriously, if you want to take us to get food, we will go. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're on. It's a game plan. Always love hanging out with you all. Always love. So the more, the better. (laughs) Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it soon. Please. All right. (laughs) 